0: Welcome to episode 139 of Rain Delay Radio. This is your host, Dylan, coming to you during Labor Day weekend here on Sunday. Hopefully, everyone's getting some rest, relaxation away from work, enjoying some baseball, uh, at least until the hangovers kick in on Tuesday, and then you're back in the office. Um, today, we have a special guest in lieu of our other co hosts, but it's one of uh, our very good friends um, for all of us, really. Um, it is Isai from Los Angeles. How's it going, man?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Um... Hanging in there, you know, trying to enjoy baseball,
0: I guess. You guess, yeah. yeah. Um, no, you just got over, was it your third thing of COVID?
1: Fourth? Three, baby. Three-time champion. We are actively getting over it. Um, champion of the world. Champion of the world. Never better. Never lost. COVID
0: king. Um, mm-hmm. Well, hopefully that's wrapping up. You sound pretty good. <laughs>
1: so- <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I, you. If you talked to me two days ago, you would have thought I would. Yeah, Uh, you know on the verge of just losing the ability to speak at all but struggle bus yeah i've bounced back really quickly all things considered so i'm hoping that the trend continues
0: yeah i know i've known some people kind of around getting the same thing i think it's just out there you know hope you know it seems to be reasonably mild but obviously you know a thing that still exists unfortunately Mm -hmm. i saw there was like some like covid il movement this week in baseball which is the first time i'd seen that and like
1: Forever. 2020, yeah, like yeah. maybe
0: like one just, or two since then, but like, um, was it Hunter? It was like a bunch of Reds, right? It was yeah, Hunter Green, yeah, Hunter Green, and a bunch of Reds got it, or at yeah. least they got put on the list. Who knows what that means? You know, if they were just exposed yeah. or whatever. But um, but yeah, glad you're glad you're back. You know, sounding good, feeling good, at least close to it. Um, yep. Uh, we had a fun week of baseball. Um, I was watching a lot of Braves, Dodgers. I think a lot of people were. That was just. Mm-hmm. Such a fantastic series. I, I think yep, shout out to
1: I'm sorry, I was gonna say shout out to Raul Acuna and that uh one hundred and twenty one <laughs> mile an hour home run he
0: hit. Um one of the most ridiculous home runs I think I've ever seen. Um, you because know, when Stanton does it's like, oh yeah, that's stick chunk heartless stanton. And then this guy who's mm-hmm. like six feet one eighty, <laughs> uh hits hundred and twenty one miles an hour to like dead or like I would say dead center, but it's like right center, you know, like so mm-hmm. opposite field. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. four hundred and fifty feet, kind of in a line drive, and that is just something that mm-hmm. you just don't see. It's, even in, especially in you know Los Angeles, like it just you don't see mm-hmm. balls go out like that very often. Um, I I saw someone on Twitter say like right-handed hitters
1: are not meant to hit baseballs where Acuna hit that baseball. It was just like
0: like picture like it's like the swing that you like think of in your dreams. You know, it's just like ah, mm-hmm. uh, it yep. was wonderful. So that was that was mm-hmm. like a very exciting series. I think. It, I mean, the Braves won three to one. So maybe this is me looking at it through my Mm -hmm. rose colored glasses, right? But it seems like firmly, like the World Series could go through Atlanta or Los Angeles and you wouldn't be too surprised. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously things happen, but um, these firmly seem like two of the best teams in baseball. And that's just more confirmation of that. Um, So that was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Yep. But you're not here to talk about fun stuff. Um. Oh no, buddy. Yeah, you're you. I mentioned before you are a Los Angeles resident. You're Los Angeles native, is that right? Yes. Um, you're not a Dodgers fan. I'm um, not a Dodgers fan. You are a fan of the Los Angeles Angels and um formerly of anaheim yeah, yes. the anaheim california angels and mm-hmm. we have talked a lot about the angels i mean i think everyone that talks about baseball has to talk about the angels just because it's so messed up basically mm-hmm. um yep but you know we since there's no other guests or co-hosts here what we wanted to do is basically give you a runway, you know, like the safe space, you know, whenever mm-hmm. uh, Wob on Twitter, you know, the Knicks lose in yeah. this safe space. This is the <laughs> Angels safe space. Um, and so before we kind of get into more of it, give people an idea of like the finger of the pulse of Angels fans right now and just what what you're experiencing after this last few weeks that I I'm... Ranks among the worst kind of few weeks I could ever imagine in baseball.
1: Um, I think the best way to describe how Angels fans feel right now, and to be fair, this is like, you know, I I peruse a lot on Angels Twitter. uh, So obviously the way that online fans feel about their team is different than the offline fans. Um, But generally, I have never seen any fan base be as united in hating a single entity as angels fans hate Artie Moreno right now. Um, yeah, we generally, I like to think that angels fans for the past decade, decade and a half have been generally realistic about the team that gets put on the field every year even when we were going to the playoffs every year, we were always like, we're going to face the Red Sox and we're going to face the Yankees and it's going to be a bloodbath and we're just going to have to hope for the best. Um, And going now, like we recognize that we have, we had not only like the best player that our organization has ever seen in Mike Trout, but possibly the greatest player of his generation and then we added Shohei Otani. So and then you
0: got one that was bad. And then we have one who's <laughs> truly
1: just like a historical, you're never going to see anybody like this ever again type player. Um, and so we recognized that we had these talents on our team while still also recognizing that everything around them was basically designed to fail at all times. And nobody has seemed, nobody that works for that organization that works in the front office seems to be able to figure out what is wrong that can be fixed so we don't have to be dealing with every narrative and every, you know, butt of the joke and just like the absolute stench of losing that the organization has now. Um, So generally, I would say Angels fans are in a place where It's not even, we're not even mad anymore, it's just like, we're just watching it kind of burn in front of us, and we're just kind of hoping that it's, you know, not just gonna kind of fall apart for no reason. We have no reason to believe that something good will come out of it, because it never has, but... There's just like that somewhere in the fire, there's an inkling of hope that maybe finally yeah. somebody, somewhere's going to wake up and be like, wait, how do we fix this?
0: Like a, like a breaking point, you know, like, cause it's just like, it feels like it's been the same story, like different people, mm-hmm. right. And it, like Joe Madden, uh, Shohei Otani, you mm-hmm. know, Anthony Rendon, Albert mm-hmm. Pujols, Mike Trout, like mm-hmm. different kind of figures kind of in the muck, uh, Justin Upton, you know, um, whatever it may be, uh-huh. but it's all the same result where you have generational talent and then pretty much everything that can go wrong does go wrong uh-huh. in some form. Yep. And, you know, is this to rip the Band-Aid off, straw the road to camel's back, whatever you prefer? Mm-hmm. Is this enough to say, okay, we can't just ghost along and do our angels thing anymore, but we have to think about... Yes the most drastic changes we could possibly imagine (laughs) um and maybe that comes with otani leaving and whatever comes with trout because i think that's you know kind of a question now is you know does it make more sense to i mean i don't know how much trade value he has which sounds absolutely nuts to me like i think i I still trust the talent but it's so many injuries at this point
1: to be fair he's in his early 30s i think 32 now yeah. He hasn't had he hasn't played a fully healthy season since like twenty seventeen, I think, or twenty eighteen. Yeah. Um and even then I think there was the was it twenty eighteen, I think, where he like, you know, tore a muscle in his thumb sliding into second base in Miami.
0: Right. Um, and just totally jacked everything up. And just
1: completely jacked his finger up and he was out for like six or seven weeks. Um and this is a tangent, but I remember specifically during that time period, Anderson Simmons became just like the most amazing player of all time. I don't know how that, how that worked, but um, shout out to Anderson Simmons. Um, <laughs> Love uh, my God. um, but you know, he for one reason or another, he just keeps getting hurt. And it was, you know, it's freak thumb injury, it's the broken hand in San Diego earlier this season. It was the debilitating back condition that we discovered he had last year. Uh the muscle that he the the calf that he totally didn't tear, even though he Absolutely did because he missed the rest of the season with it in mm-hmm. 2021 I believe it was. He's injury prone. There's just no way of getting around it. He's he's injury prone. Um, and he is owed a lot of money still. I think he still has another seven years left on his contract at like yeah. $36 million or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, there aren't a lot of teams that can afford it, want to trade for that sort of deal no yeah. matter how good he is. Um, but I will say that for the first time since he became an angel, it feels like he's actually starting to ask questions. Because he, did, you know, he did that interview where he's like, "Yeah, like I'm gonna have conversations with the front office to figure out what it right. is that we're doing." It's like he's never said anything like that. It's always yeah, been, you know, totally they're committed. Doing, they're doing their best. I always talk with them. They always keep me in the loop. You know, I'm excited for what they're doing. I have trust in them. And for the first time, he's like, "No, I'm gonna." Like what what are we doing? Like what what's the plan? Like what what are we gonna do moving forward? Do I wish he would have done this four or five years ago? Absolutely. Is it better now, better late than never? Also, absolutely. When you face oh. the prospect of losing just the greatest baseball player we've ever seen in Shohei Otani, while also losing the second best baseball player of this generation in Mike Trout <laughs> in the same offseason, because you couldn't figure out
0: how to properly
1: run your franchise?
0: How to win with the best players of all time?
1: You you can't like um you just gotta that's it you you gotta blow the whole thing up and just start from scratch again. There's Try again. there's no other option. There's no other option. You gotta go nuclear at that point. Like yeah. just cut Anthony Rendon at that point. Like trade whoever for whatever yeah. you can get and just like call up everybody from Double A at that point.
0: Yeah. Um, you know they got some players. You know, and we'll we'll talk more about. You know, maybe the specifics about the current situation and mm-hmm. um, the, what, the reasons they are where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it just, you know, unless all of these guys who are, you know, your Nolan Shanuels of the world. Am I saying his yep. name right? I think so. I think you are, yeah. Um, close enough. And then, you know, Zach Neto at least seems solid, you know. You got mm-hmm. some pitchers, whatever. Um, you know, there are guys here that can be part of another good team in the future, you know, like any other team would start with some form of foundation. Right. But, um, it would require such a drastic shift for them to be able to do it with Mike Trout on the team, you know, mm -hmm. and it's just to the degree it's just like it, it feels impossible. You know, if if we couldn't do it with Shohei Otani, then, you know, it's probably not happening.
1: If you can't do it with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, you're not doing it without either yeah like like, this team this team is not built as much as you know as much as there's been so much about like oh we got to build depth and we got to do this and we got to do that like the team around those two guys is just not built to be able to be successful on its own without them yeah um and i feel like that's pretty evident in how the season kind of went pre and post throughout getting hurt like if one of them is out then the other one's on their own and then the team just kind of falls apart after that
0: yeah And you could see them easily plugging into any other team and that not being the case. I mean, this is just using my own team, you know, 90 win team as a, you know, example here. But, you know, the Braves, if they had Mike Trout as their everyday left fielder and DH and he missed half the year, they're still winning 100 games. (laughs) (laughs) Like it doesn't matter, you know, like they have enough guys you know, if the Dodgers had him, if I mean even just look at like the Astros, the Rangers, you know, lots of these mm-hmm. teams that have like real flaws, mm-hmm. but like they can put in, you know, Jake Myers, Chaz McCormick, you no, know, Travis Jankowski in Texas, like random guys. I mean I mean that's not a good example. But you know what I mean? Like yeah. but they have enough guys on the team where the lack of one star for like even a portion of the season doesn't just completely sink everything they're ever doing, you know, and it's not like they're ever successful yeah. with them playing either. You know, I mean, there's like bursts of it, but mm-hmm. it's so limited and so small. Um, so my task for you, as you were coming on today, uh, mm-hmm. rather than just a pure rant, which we could, you know, we're solidly in there, but yeah. I wanted to give your ranting some structure. Um, yeah. And so We're both fans of the Dan Levitard show, so I think we both imagine it in kind of the same way of a top 10 list, like a power Uh rankings of uh, the most depressing (laughs) Angels things of the past few years, just broadly Angels sadness. Uh Um, Mm -hmm. I limited it to the last few years of like kind of the Otani-ish era, you know, because it feels like that's the part specifically that's coming to an end. Obviously, we can rope in some other things that kind of came about maybe vaguely at the same time or in similar times um yeah i threw a bunch of topics at you there was a shocking number (laughs) to Mm -hmm. like dig through um Uh so i gave you a top 10 list to kind of sort through and we'll go through those i did leave out Mm -hmm. tyler skaggs um Mm -hmm. obviously like a lot of these things we're gonna be talking about are just like angry baseball things and that is just like a actual human tragedy even if it involved like some like Um, negligence on the part of the organization or the people around Mm -hmm. like it's just not fair to like you know talk about it in that way so i wanted to get that out of the way quickly Mm -hmm. obviously Mm -hmm. death and tragedy comes above uh you know an injury (laughs) and this know dumb thing so um yeah but yeah like i said there are a lot of things that you know, baseball-wise, have just really dragged the Angels down, so I wanted to give you um, the ultimate countdown. I mean, I think most people can see mm-hmm. where this is going as far as, like, the number one. Yep. Um, but we'll mm-hmm. leave that kind of, you know, as the grand finale, um, and then you can yeah. pop off however you need to pop off. Um, yeah. And so the first... Uh, we'll We'll start with 10 and 9 because these are the most mm-hmm. recent news developments with the Angels. Um mm-hmm. At 10, we had Max Stassi being put on the restricted list. Um, And otherwise, this wouldn't matter. But it's the the timing of it. This happened today, right? Either today or yesterday. It did. Um, It happened today. Max Stassi was put on the restricted list based on seemingly some pretty bad stuff he's got going on with his family. I hope everything's fine there. Um, I I Mm -hmm. think it's been kept quiet, but obviously it's, you know it's a big of a deal that he has stepped away from baseball for a little while. Um, yep. And then a reporter came out and said, well, this takes them under the tax or like the, like um, that line, the luxury, luxury tax, tax line, line. Yeah. Uh, just so happens to cross the tiny boundary they needed to cross to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. and this happened after number nine on your list here, which was the, Mm-hmm. waiver explosion <laughs> which was uh-huh. basically the angels waving every rental on, or not everyone but almost every rental player on their roster to shed money and just get rid of them and most of them were these players they just acquired um, Lucas uh-huh. Giolito and company so the Stassi thing mm-hmm. I think is connected in a sense where it's just like it's hard to disconnect it it could be totally just like we're trying to be good people but it's I think it's because it's the angels that were skeptical, you know. I was—I was, I was going to tell you. I
1: was—I was, I was going to tell you. Like, it—it could, it could be. I guarantee you, it is not.
0: It's that bad. Um, like you think it's, it's that. that bad? Yeah.
1: I—I'm. It's there's no way it's not that because at any point during the season, this move could have happened. You could have waited until like the very end of September. Like he's been out the entire year dealing with his family issues. He did have a hip injury that he was trying to work back from. At the beginning of spring training, before he had to leave. Um, but he's been out the entire year. And at any point, you could have put him on the restricted list for whatever reason, you know, opening up a 40 man spot or whatever the reason was. Yeah. So to wait until two days after the waiver deadline, after you put Giolito and Lopez and Matt Moore and Hunter Renfro and Randall Gritchick, all these guys you brought in for your final push um with Otani on your team just putting them on the waivers to be claimed for nothing. No prospect, no nothing. Just salary relief to get back under the luxury tax line. No. The Stasi thing was not, you know, a coincidence. It was entirely the point. I don't know, you know, in the in the uh release or the press release that they put out, apparently there's like, yeah, he like he said, you know, he could come back, but he chose not to. I'm not even. I don't even know if I buy that specifically. It might mm-hmm. just been like, hey, Max, we're just going to put you on the restricted list. Oops, sorry. Like, we'll figure this out. Yeah, we we'll f- Yeah, like I don't. I don't know. You know. Long story short, Max, no, that was entirely intentional. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Like we, Max, you don't understand. Okay, we cannot just get a fourth round pick for Shohei Otani. It has to be a second. You know, do it for the team or whatever. I don't know, but. um <laughs> You know, if you love us, you 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 know, if you, if yeah. you really cared about us, you would do mm-hmm. this for us. Um, so no, there's no way it wasn't. There's yeah. no way it's just a coincidence. Like it was entirely a purposeful move just to save, yeah, three hundred and fifty thousand dollars or whatever.
0: And the waiver thing, I think, happened after last week's episode that I think Pat and I recorded um, a couple of them. And it was just, it was the talk. It was so much fascination because, like. I don't think any team, I don't think we expected any team to just like come out and be like, well, we need to get rid of money uh, and here's some guys for y'all, you know, like here you go, yeah. you know, and well, like legitimate players. And it feels like NBA buyouts or something like that, right? Where it's just like, we suck, we admit it, but like you don't yep. see that in baseball very often, right? Like at least not you without like something coming back.
1: Exactly, like you don't see it at the waiver line, like the waiver deadline. You see it at the trade deadline, where it's like, okay, this didn't work. We need to get, we got to get things, like we got to get players or prospects for the players that we have. Like we have to get whatever we can get. That happens in July, heading into August, not August heading into September. Um, It's just I've, I don't think there's ever been such like a brazen attempt to just shed money as trading for someone at the deadline and then a month later putting them on the waivers like it's so, so it's like such a whiplash sort of like you're all in but now you're trading away the players that you gave up your best prospects for like three and a half weeks ago um, and there's been a lot of like I don't want to say a lot but there's been some speculation like oh like what who made that decision we we know who made that decision that was it was already Moreno Um Perry like yeah it's like it's I just don't understand how well I understand how we got to this point like obviously you went all in and it blew up in your face but you don't just like let them go for free like that like just keep them on the roster and you know reload for next year event like lucas giolito is not a bad pitcher we don't have very many good ones in the organization Ronaldo lopez was really decent for a bullpen that doesn't have a lot of decent arms in it either um you know hunter renfro's hunter renfro we knew what we were getting when we got him in the first place like he's gonna hit you know a home run every week or whatever and you know go one for five every other game like he's not You know, he's not a world beater, but he's a really solid outfielder. He's just like the most average guy. Exactly. For a team that doesn't have a lot of those types of players. Matt Moore was having a pretty decent season himself. For a bullpen that doesn't have very many good pitchers in it. Like these are players that the Angels, evidenced by the fact that they were even on the team in the first place, these are players that the Angels always need every single year. It's just a guy who's just like league average or a little bit better. And every year, every Angels fan like, we just need like, guys. Like, they don't have to be great. They just have to be better than the ones that we have. And all of these players were better than the ones that are going to be replacing them. And they just got thrown out there for absolutely nothing because Artie Moreno couldn't bear to pay like $3 million in luxury tax next year or whatever the bill was going to be.
0: Um, and we'll talk a little bit more, I think, the you know, the trade deadline activity will come up uh in a few um but we'll move to number 8 on the list. I wish we had the Dan Levitard sound effect, you know. <laughs> um I always play their show like while I'm like doing stuff around the house and mm-hmm. Mary Kate will just hear it like while it's just going off on my phone and it's just the loudest thing. <laughs> just the, the the horn they use is so yeah. aggressively loud and annoying, uh-huh. but it yep. just fits the vibe so well. Um, mm-hmm. so number eight uh, uh we had Albert Pujols and kind of his fizzling out um, like you know obviously the entire contract was a frustration but maybe mm-hmm. the last year or two why don't you put that into your own words
1: so the thing about the Pujols contract right is that like as an Angels fan you try to pull some sort of silver lining out of it um, to be fair like the first few seasons that he was with the angels up until like 2015 was he, he wasn't Albert rules, but he was still like a pretty solid hitter. I think in 2015, he had like 40 home runs, like a three, four Um, more player, a couple
0: of years, you know, it's like, it's not like the worst, but like probably worth the contract, at least what he's getting paid.
1: Yeah. It's like you're paying, you know, you're paying $20 million or $25 million or whatever it was for a guy who's hitting 40 home runs. Like you're not going to be super upset about that, especially in, you know, 14 and 15 where 14 we made the playoffs and 15 we basically waited like lasted until you know the end of this like we got eliminated like in the last weekend of the season or whatever like we knew it was going to be terrible at the end but there was still some sort of like okay like there's some salvageable something still here that and then also mike trout has always said how much albert pools like helped them become a better hitter as he was starting in the league so it's like does albert pools as the player is he like what we wanted him to be no but he if he helped play a role into making Mike Trout Mike Trout, then like you can't really be upset about that. But you know, at the very, very end, right? It's like, okay, 14-15 made the playoffs, almost made the playoffs. 16 is when everything just kind of started going downhill. He was getting hurt. He was hitting like 220. Like there was just nothing his you know, he had like feet problems and leg issues, and he was just playing hurt. Um the entire time. And there was always just this sort of like, we knew it was going to happen, but we just did not realize how bad it would be type of thing. Yeah. Until, you know, it got into like the very, you know, 2021 when, uh, you know, Jared Walsh became the first baseman and pool holes was just going to kind of be like a platoon type of bat. Yeah. (laughs) Like he was going to be a, they're going to platoon him or whatever. He's going to be the lefty platoon hitter. Um, was the plan for him and uh you know i don't know you know what what exactly caused the sort of situation where it became so bad that they just felt like you know they needed to cut him my understanding was that uh the angels told him kind of what the plan was like hey like we have a dude here who we think is going to be pretty good we got to give him the reps and the at bats to like you know help us win games like mm-hmm. are, are you okay with being you know just like a, every once in a while type of hitter and the way he described it was basically like they just disrespected him as like a person yeah um that's probably not really like i might be misremembering what happened but basically the gist of it was is like it was a he said she said type situation or he said he said type yeah. of situation where it's like the team said one thing happened he said another thing happened and it just decided the best thing to do is just to cut him yeah so and then he went the, the, the thing right is that like it's one thing to sign a player to a 10 year 250 million dollar contract and then cut him before the contract is over it's another thing to do that and then have him just immediately show up to the Dodgers yeah. and not only that be good with the Dodgers, yeah,
0: he was good and in that, in that exact role they were trying to get him to be in exactly it's lefties. like the,
1: the exact the exact thing the angels wanted to do with him is what he ended up doing with the Dodgers, and the entire time i I remember just watching it happen and being like why why couldn't that be the thing you did with us? like what happened there that you would rather fight with the organization and then get cut than just you know go with the role that they were trying to give you, and like kind of end you know it was the second to last year of the contract so it's like you know you're just kind of slowly that's just kind of how it was going to go like you're just going to be the bench platoon guy for the last year year or two of your contract and just kind of let you retire into the sunset or go back to st louis for the last year whatever it is you wanted to do after that that pro again that is probably like another sign as to like the greater issues within the organization and I know CJ Wilson tweeted out like a few days ago, like a whole thing about how like when Albert Pujols was like hurt in like 2013 with like his plantar fasciitis or whatever, he asked the team to get him like special training equipment to help him rehab his foot. The team was like, nah, we're good. Um, <laughs> good on that. So it's like, I don't know if that that sort of tension's always been evident. I do remember there was a story that came out in 2013 that during the 2012 season, he and Torrey Hunter almost got into like a fist fight. Oh wow! Because they called the players only meeting uh, after like losing to like I think it was like the Rays or something, and they were like struggling. And like you know, Torrey Hunter had been on the team for that was his fourth season at that point. Mm-hmm. And so, and then Albert Pools was like, you yeah. know, he was new to the team at that point And they called a the players only meeting, and Albert Pools was trying to include the coaching staff in that meeting when the players didn't want to. And so it kind of became like, uh, you know, like a, a pool holes versus the team type deal. Yeah. Right. And Tori Hunter was like trying to speak up and pools like shot him down and Tori Hunter like stepped up to him and like almost started to fight. Right. Um, so like, you know, that's just one story. I don't know how much changed after that or what, but like everything about pools with the angels has just always been a general bad vibe. Yeah, that's um, that's a good way of putting it. And the way it ended just is the most bitter taste in your mouth, especially after when he went back to Saint Louis.
0: I was gonna say the Saint Louis part is a whole nother level where it's it was, like
1: we it was just like cranking homers like you've yeah. never seen
0: before. Because like, ultimately the Dodgers tenure, he I think he basically was the same mostly the same guy. I think he had like a tick up as far as like the power or whatever, but it was like mm-hmm. he was still like, you know, not great, but like usable. Um Yeah. But then once he got to the Cardinals and had his, like, real swan song, it's like, dude, like, are you serious? <laughs> like, like just to rub <laughs> it in to the Angels just a little bit more, that like he goes back to the team that, you know, he was actually great with and then has, mm-hmm. like, a, the most legit, like, final year you could have imagined him having after being mm-hmm. basically either bad or mediocre for the last seven years, you know? Uh-huh. I, I'll just say
1: this. In 2022, in 109 games, he had an OPS of 895. That OPS was higher than any of the seasons he was an angel. That's so wild.
0: You know, he was the greatest player in baseball probably when he left when St. He Louis. Signed, yeah, yeah. When,
1: when he left St. Louis and signed that contract. He At was least the like best hitter. From- he was, yeah. Well, it was. It was probably. I don't know if Miggy was. Miggy, like, yeah.
0: Like, but, he was, like he was. He was getting it's at it. least a competition, you know.
1: Yeah, like he he finished second in MVP voting in 2010. Like he, yeah. he and that was after winning back to back MVPs in 08 and 09. So he was like the best. He was top five hitters in all of baseball when he left St. Louis. Yeah. Um. And then it just kind of immediately fell apart after that. The the again, I remember. I remember when I, I, was in, I was in French class in high school when I saw the, the news that he signed with the Angels. And like, you would think that Albert Pujols going to your team would make you excited. The first thing that I thought when I saw that was, what are we going to do with Mark Trumbo and Kenji Morales? <laughs> we already had two the first basemen injuries. on the team. <laughs> yeah. We already had two first basemen on the team. Like, what are we going to do with those guys? And it's like, like, don't get me wrong I'm happy we have our Pujols but like what are we going to do with the guys we already have yeah. team? some of the and few then, guys that
0: actually look decent
1: I know and like and the other thing I remember too is that I remember it took him like a month and a half to hit a home run with the Angels
0: <laughs> like he
1: like it like he didn't hit one until like I think the end of April and it was just like ah, oh, dude like it's is like please don't let this be like the Albert pools we're going to get little did I know it was going to be the Albert pools we're going to get but yeah like I said, just generally a bad vibe is how you describe Albert Pools with the angels.
0: And you can't put all the blame on them. But I think, like you said, the no. bad vibe that got put on it was just it it was just like a stink. <laughs> that was yeah, just around was, for a while. It was, that it
1: was just, just kind of icky. Didn't you help.
0: Know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so number seven, I'm not going to lie. I thought this one had a chance to be really high, like in the top three. Um mm-hmm. That that might be like this is just based on us talking about this on a regular basis because this is more yeah. of like a gameplay thing. Um yeah. but that might also just showcase how bad things that are coming are. Um mm-hmm. so this is just the Angels bullpen. Um Yeah. Yeah, and it's just yeah, I think that says it all.
1: So the reason why this isn't higher on the list, um, don't get me wrong, we the Angels bullpen has just been like I want to throw up horrible since like 2008. I think, so, I think, as
0: far as like a day to day frustration, this would be the top, but obviously, you know, day to day is different than like the bird's eye view. I, I, I,
1: all I say is I have not trusted an angels closer since Francisco Rodriguez, and he hasn't been <laughs> an angel since 2008. So, right. like, it's just been, it was him, and then after him, it's just been nobody. Like, mm-hmm. even when we had, I think Ernesto Freire had, like, 40 saves in a year, but he would blow so many saves.
0: Yeah, it was, like, a um, weird, like, it was that era of guys where they had a lot of saves, but, like, they were, like, low-key kind of mid, just I bad. guess, yeah. They're just,
1: like, they're so, mid is the best way of describing
0: yeah. Ernesto Freire. It's not even funny. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> um, But the thing about the Angels' bullpen is, like, the reason why it's not higher is a lot of when it comes to bullpens in general and i I, you know we were talking about this earlier today it's like so much of it is just like it's so wildly inconsistent year to year that you can't i don't think anybody really goes into a season looking at their team's roster and being like this bullpen is going to be lights out every single year like it's going to be You know, it's going to be great. We have it figured out. Like nobody has the bullpen figured out. Like you have a guy or two that you trust and everybody else is like a question mark. Um, So like in my head, maybe it's, you know, just me coping with it. But a lot of it has to do with like, again, like it's just a general year to year variant, but also how a manager uses the pen. Like, you know, so many, there were so many instances when Joe Madden was our manager where he would make just the most bizarre decisions when it came to using the bullpen. Yeah, and it was just like, what are what is Joe Madden? What are you doing right now? Um, like who can forget the infamous walking the guy with the bases loaded against the Rangers? That's so sick with that Mike Trout gif of him Still out in center, it. like looking just super confused. Like, wait, the bases are loaded. Why are we walking a dude? They What's just going on? Like, what was, was it the, that
0: they walked? Do you remember?
1: I don't remember who it was that they walked. Um, I like the subway you talk. Uh. But I just—it's like things like that where just kind of like, what is going on? Like, what are we doing right now? It Was Corey Seager, by the way? It was Corey. Okay, I mean that's fair enough, yeah. I guess. I get but,
0: it. Like, I understand. <laughs> it, was, it, it was a wild time. I, I think I remember we talked about it a little bit on the podcast, where we were like I think we debated like, I mean, because Joe Madden kind of you know he had his quirks. He, um, he,
1: he's a wonky manager. He has a weird yeah. way of kind of you know managing his team, but yeah. that that was just you've i've the only time i've ever remembered seeing that was when it was barry Bonds in the 90s where they walked him instead of letting him get right. a home run they just walked him instead um but it was an entirely different situation that was in the ninth inning and we were like in the third like um yeah. anyways um and like i said like the bullpen thing is just like i can it, it's difficult because like you you know like we signed aaron loop after he had like that era of like you know yeah. 0.07 or whatever it was with the Mets and he just you know kind of fell apart the year he got here or like mm-hmm. y- y- there's just no like it, Rice and Iglesias even like we signed him to that extension and he was still like he had a there was like a period in time where he was just, like super shaky like yeah give up that grand slam to Bryce Harper like mm-hmm. there's no you know finding consistent a consistent bullpen piece is you know It just doesn't exist. Like, and if it does exist, they're a Hall of Famer. Uh, So I can kind of live, if you will, with a bullpen being generally shaky. None of them have been as shaky as the Angels one has been. But that alone is the reason why it's not higher. It's just because, like, even if we had all of the best relief pitchers in the league on our team, just the year to year change in how a reliever performs is enough to like make it seem worse than maybe it actually is um so this this is not me like you know kind of defending the the way this bullpen has been put together because it's been terrible yeah but it's more so kind of justifying why it's not number three instead of number seven
0: I think it's just for me as a third party observer, it's just like every year they sign someone where it's like, okay, you can see this working out, mm-hmm. you know, or like, you know, like, hey, like this guy had a good year or whatever it might be. And then just inevitably they would suck. Yeah. As soon as they sign with the Angels. I think Carlos Esteves is one of the few that like he was good for most of the season and I was wondering if they were gonna like try to trade him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then recently he's just fallen apart. You know, yeah. so it's just like even the guys that are like good. Oh. At least for a little bit of period of time, just don't pan out. That happened
1: earlier this year. We had Jose Cajada closing our games to start the year. I remember that. And then he, like, blew two saves in a row to, like, the Royals and some other team. Like, I was at one of those games where we went went to the ninth up, up one and he came out of it down five after he came in and, like, walked a guy, hit a guy, and then, like, gave up a home run or whatever it was, like it it just constantly happens and there's like no way to explain what what it is that's going on to like make it so any reliever that comes to the Angels just forgets how to pitch
0: and I wanted to ask you real quick since it wasn't on the formal list but you know the managing situation always felt a little weird you know it started with Socia who was just around for so long despite mm-hmm. the mediocrity mm-hmm. and then moved on was it Joe Madden to Phil Nevin and that was it Oh, uh, it was Mike Sosha to. I
1: want to say. Oh, we had Brad Osmus. It was Brad Osmonds. Uh, I forgot about and Brad Osmus. And then Ausmus. it went
0: to Madden, and, and then, then it went to Nevin, because Nevin was the interim guy, and then they just kept him. Uh-huh. Like it's always felt like that. Like I mean, Joe Madden felt like the guy where I was like, this is the swing they might have needed. You know, it felt like the Buck Walter yeah. thing with the Mets, and then that just it just didn't. You know, I don't know if you can blame him, but like how much. Like, do you think that's, like, an actual problem? Like, the approach they've had with managers? Or do you think that's just, like, another small symptom of a big issue?
1: The problem with the managers for the Angels has kind of always been that, well, let me rephrase, like, it was Socha for almost 20 years. Like, he's an institution at that point. So trying, the the problem that I remember with Socha, right, is that up until twenty. Thirteen or whatever it felt like everybody was kind of cohesive and together right and then the problems kind of started when jerry depoto became general manager and he started bumping heads with mike Sosha because jerry DePoto came in, was there too jerry depoto came in after tony reagan's quit which i'll get into later um jerry depoto came in big analytics guy he brought in a bunch of a bunch of like guys with him, Scott Surveys being one of them, the current Seattle yeah. general manager or the, the current manager, manager Seattle, yeah. to like, you know, kind of bring the Angels forward in terms of analytics, and Mike Socho, like, just didn't want to go with it like, he was very like, not cool with it yeah, like, he's very old school like, you know small ball type of guy um, right, and so there was a lot of butting heads there Um and it worked for one year. It was 2014. They won 98 yep. games and they made the playoffs and yada, yada. And they kind of held it together for another year, 2015, where they almost made the playoffs. But it got to the point where it was like, Artie Marino had to choose between his manager, who he signed to a 10-year contract, by the way, in 2009, um, which had never happened before. Just, so I think it was 10 years. so wild. I, I want to say it was 10 years, $100 million. I might be mistaken. For a man. For a manager, I, 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 don't know what the dollar amount was, but it was for ten years. Yeah. Um, between that or your general manager that you hired three years ago, Art Marino chose his manager, so that just established right there that the owner and the manager are more important than the general manager will ever be in this franchise.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so they they you know Jerry Dipoto left. Uh, they brought in. Billy appler at that point, Mike Social left, and then Brad osmus came in, and I think that was 2019. Yeah, um, just a bad team. 2019, you know, that was Tyler Skaggs and everything that yeah. happened around that happened that year. So it was like, okay, this
0: year's terrible, horrible. Yeah. And then 2020 was Ota- happened was with COVID. The was that injury? Like, Otani was like hurt-ish that year too, right?
1: Oh well, Otani had his uh, his Tommy John after 2018, so he wasn't pitching yeah. that year. And then he was um, kinda still kind
0: of figuring things out, I think, at that point. T-
1: twenty twenty was the year because twenty twenty he was horrible hitting. Yeah. Like he 2020, was te- yeah. It was terrible. That was because he had like he had like some weird like knee condition thing that he never like he didn't get uh fixed yeah. uh that was affecting him. So, you know, he got the surgery and we all know what happened to that. But yeah. Um and then Billy Epler like signed a one year extension but then got fired like a few weeks later or whatever it was. <laughs>
0: that was so sick.
1: And then they brought in Perimonasian after that. And well, let me refer Joe Madden got hired first. Yeah. I think the same off season that we signed Anthony rendon Yeah. Um and then, you know, the COVID season happened, Billy oppler gets fired, Perimonasian gets brought in. And then now Perimonasian and Joe Madden are in the same fight that Mike Sosha and Jerry DePoto had five years earlier and then you know joe madden the story of him like getting the mohawk but then getting fired the day before he gets to even show up with it and so the manager situation like mike Sosha is like at this point it feels like it's so long ago that i cannot possibly tell you what managerial decisions mike Sosha would make but knowing that he was such an old school type of guy you know i'm sure it was like throwing a guy three days in a row because he's hot or whatever the reasoning would be um Brad Osmus, sure, he was a dude. Like mm-hmm. his whole thing was in Detroit. He also just kind of didn't know how to manage his pitching staff. So, again, just a weird, a weird manager. Then Joe Madden comes in, the court the weirdest move of all time. <laughs> and he does his thing. And it's just kind of like, okay, guys. So, and then Phil Nevin is also the same way where he just makes the weirdest bullpen decisions and it's just it makes no sense especially because this is the guy that perry decided to perry Manasian, the current general manager decided to keep on this year yeah that was that was a really strange decision it's like you could have to be fair part of it was because our Marino was like selling the team kind of not selling the team so nobody really knew what was going on yeah um but it's like this is like not your guy but like kind of the guy you're choosing to go with for this one year yeah and it's just like not it just hasn't it just didn't work so i you know part of it is just the fact that a lot of the players a lot of the pitchers that we've had in the bullpen just haven't been really good but there is a lot that has to do with just like the general kind of philosophy i guess that managers seem to have for us where it's like do you know what a bullpen is like It's very rare that I feel like I can do something that someone in the major leagues can do. If I were a manager for the Angels, I would be doing a better job, I think, personally. Maybe it's not true, but I feel like it's not that hard to figure out. If you feel like you could,
0: that's still a bad sign.
1: Yeah, like, I generally don't think I can do a better job than people that actually work in Major League Baseball, but, like, that's I've said, things, like, yeah. you know, like the, the, the Slack chat that we have, I feel like if you put us in charge of any Major League franchise, we would be able to figure it out. Yeah. If we put us in charge of the Angels, we'd have won a ring already. Like, <laughs> so you mean to tell me you're giving me Mike Trout and Shohei Otani to start off with? It's You'll easy. This is the breeze. Out, yeah. This is so easy. But anyways. At
0: least, at least you know, Billy Epler sucks. At least it's confirmation that that wasn't just Angels. Hell, Billy Epler was really bad at that. Yeah, He's
1: really bad at drafting. That's, yeah. that's really and his we will,
0: we will surely get to that. Um, <laughs> number six is kind of like, you know, it's kind of just the Otani, Tommy John, slash probably the last weeks of Otani mm-hmm. being an angel. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's much to touch on here, but it just felt like a kind of punctuation to the ridiculousness yep. of the season, you know, mm-hmm. where it's just like, oh, not only... Of- Not only this, this is
1: the entire time he's been on the team.
0: Yeah, it's just like this. Of course, it ends with him being jeopardized by, you know, he's having probably the best year of his career. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it, now we question the future again because, of course, he did because he's an angel, you know, and that's just how it felt like.
1: Yeah. Uh, When that news came out, it was just kind of like, of course, this is, this is what happens to Shohei Otani. Like, this is the most angels thing. I could have possibly happened to anybody ever and it just had to happen to the dude who was gonna make like 500 million dollars in free this year
0: i still think he will um, <laughs> i still think he's gonna I, you make know, like I, a stupid i amount.
1: remember I was, I was talking about this with somebody it's like you know he might not get 500 he might get like 300 oh no 300 million dollars woe is me but it's like for it's like he's just it's the most exciting thing to happen to baseball and Lord knows how long, probably since like the, you know, the Maguire Sosa, like, home yeah. run chase of night. It, it was
0: as uniquely it's amazing. like
1: you, you, like you did not want to miss any Shohei Otani, like start. Like, yeah, like, you know, you want to see him hit too, but it's like, knowing that he's pitching and hitting in the same game and he, he's going to hit tomorrow and he's probably going to strike out like 11 guys tonight and maybe hit a home run too, like it's just the coolest thing to ever happen. Like, it's so awesome to watch, and to be robbed of seeing him at his like full capacity is just does it. It sucks as an Angels fan because you know he's on your team, but it sucks for everybody who just likes watching baseball because it's like, it's such a unique and cool thing that like you're probably not going to see again. Like, I don't see I don't see anybody currently in the minor leagues or someone who's coming up in the draft anytime soon who like actually has a shot to do what shohei otani is
0: doing right now maybe like a child's being born you know that grows up in the shohei otani generation and shows up in 20 years you know probably gonna be japanese too like
1: i feel like japan is like the perfect breeding ground for like that sort of thing to happen again just because like you know how how insane they are about baseball yeah um but like it's such a unique, like, again, it's such a unique thing. That's like, it just sucks for anybody who likes watching baseball that, like, that happened. And, you know, just the fact that it happened to an angel is just like, okay, yeah. like, not only did this guy get hurt, but, like, he was on the team that's known for having their guys just always be hurt.
0: Yeah. Number five, we just had, I think I just grouped in all of Mike Trout's random injuries over the last mm-hmm. few years. Um mm-hmm. Obviously, that's not the only thing that's happened with Trout. You know, I think there's been a slight decline over the last year or so. I mean, not majorly so, but, you know, enough to, you know, be like, well, is he the same guy? But, like, really, it's, like, him just randomly breaking fingers and ligaments and, Mm -hmm. you know, bones. And it's just, like, it's just, again, it's a third-party thing for me, but just so frustrating that... And, again... We don't get to watch one of the best players on the planet more than, like, 80 games a year because of a ball hit him in the pinky or he slides into a base yeah. weird.
1: Yeah. And, again, this is one of those things where it's, like, not as not necessarily just, like, an Angels fan thing, but more so, like, a just a general baseball fan thing. But, like, the things that Mike Trout was doing, like, to start his career, which is, like, insane, just watching him, you know especially his rookie year, his first two seasons were like, he came into baseball and just immediately puts up like a 30, 40 season. And he was one stolen base away from doing 30, 50. Yeah. As a rookie. It's just like, all right, dude, like you're just, you're just like the next big guy now. And like there, you know, from 2012 to 2019, it's like there is no discussion. There was no argument. Mike, best player in baseball. Yeah, Just plain and simple. Yeah. There's no, there's no doubting it. There's no discussion. There was nothing.
0: Anytime there was you a know. discussion, it would be immediately put the rest by whatever he did exactly. next. You know, I remember there was a break. Bryce or, Harper, you know, Bryce Harper versus Mike Trout, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, Mike Trout mm-hmm. just does that every year. You know?
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Or it was like Aaron Judge when he won the Rookie right. of the Year. Like, oh, and then he just like was hurt and couldn't really put it together yeah. again until last last year, two years ago. Last, last year. Yeah. Last year. Um, I remember there was one that
0: was like Jose Altuve. Or yeah, so, like, there's really always guys? a guy every year, right? That's like, mm-hmm. yeah, he might have a comparable season to Mike Trout, but Mike Trout was putting mm-hmm. up eight, nine, ten win seasons every year for like seven, eight years, mm-hmm. and he was like firmly on track to being one of the greatest, like, five players to ever play the sport.
1: Hmm. Uh, I couldn't can't forget the Cody Bellinger year. Yeah. Where he won
0: MVP, and everyone was like, "Oh,
1: Cody Bellinger's gonna be better than Mike Trout." Like, all right, dude yeah that again that that one is more just sort of like sort of like a you know a sad for baseball type thing that we just couldn't get to see like the fully healthy mike it was you know it's akin to like ken griffey jr like he was so great for so long and then yeah he just started getting hurt all the time and we were just kind of robbed of kind of getting to see like the proper second half of the career that yeah he deserved to have and we kind of wanted to see and you know there's still time, I think, for him to kind of get back on track. But yeah. it's really starting to get a little bit difficult to like
0: expect, not expect it, but like kind of hope for that to happen. The way things are going for him, right? Um, There's like a silver lining there, right? Where it's like, I mean, every time he's played over the last four years, it's brilliant. You know, this yeah, this it's, year it's, is the only time he's looked human. um mm-hmm. uh, But his expected stuff is all amazing. Still, he still hits yeah. the ball as hard as anyone, makes as good contact mm-hmm. as anyone. He still yep. strikes out a bit but that's just who he is how he's yep. always been
1: um
0: mm-hmm. but like the plate disciplines unreal you know mm-hmm. the power's great it's just just hasn't been on the field nope
1: he just can't stay healthy for whatever reason whatever freak injury it just it it, it you know you just kind of there's nothing you can really do about it it's like that just it sucks like and it's just kind of that's how it is and i, I can only hope that he manages to stay healthy and the, these sort of freak injuries just kind of stop happening to him. But it, it's getting, it's gone to the point where it's like, it's not a freak injury if it happens every single year, you know? Yeah.
0: Um, number four, this is getting back into this year specifically, um, was the trade deadline <laughs> <laughs> and just the insanity of moving all these top prospects for Lucas Giolito and some other, you know, kind of replacement guys and, mm-hmm veterans and then uh what do they lose like 6 of 7s or like you know just like immediately tanks like so fast that it was just like oh wow yeah
1: um like I, I think I mentioned this already but like the just the whiplash of going all in to just completely giving up within 3 weeks like is insane and Honestly, I shouldn't be surprised that the Angels fell apart the way they did because that's just kind of what they've been doing for the last 10 years. But it's still just like unbelievable how quickly it went from we're like four and a half games out of a wildcard spot. Let's go for it to we're like 10 games under 500. I don't want to pay the luxury tax anymore. Get rid of these guys. I don't know if Perry Manasian is going to survive this offseason. I have no idea what is in store for the guy. I have no idea either, yeah. But I will say, um, and this is, you know, obviously, like, he's been very aggressive with his call-ups. We know that, like, Nolan Shanuel being drafted, like, being drafted and then four weeks later being on the team. He, so far, like, I have not been upset with the draft choices that he's made as general manager of this team. He's, so far anyways, it hasn't been that long, but it feels like he has a really good eye of of evaluating draft talent. So in that sense, I'm like, okay with him, you know, knowing who we can kind of trade and the pieces we can give up to make the team better without, you know, completely destroying any semblance of the farm that we have. That being said, trading away your two best prospects for two players you cut functionally three weeks later there's no defending that there's no good way of looking at it like that's just it's a a boneheaded move to do that to a team that is known for not having a good farm system in the first place to just kind of do that and then get just kind of you 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 traded away what we have left for nothing truly for nothing for Four mediocre starts from Lucas Giolito or whatever it was. Renato Lopez throwing a hundred mile hour fastball like seven times, and then that was it. And now they're on. They're in Cleveland now. Like, um, uh, there's no defending that. And I, 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 I so desperately wish I was in the room when the decision was made to put all those guys on the waiver wire. I want. I just. Yeah. I just desperately want to hear what the reasoning was to just do that. I
0: need I need like a giant athletic article Mm -hmm. of just like the inside on that month. I definitely know like acquiring those guys and then having to put them on waivers a week later uh or two, you know, whatever, a few weeks later. Like watching Giolito start against the Braves. It's like, I mean the Braves are good, right? Like I, I don't need to rehash that, but like he got messed up to such an extreme degree that you're just like, oh, like Oh no, <laughs> this is not gonna work out, is it? Huh? You know, like, you know what's funny it's, too is this is not good.
1: What's funny too is I'm pretty sure we won, we beat Max Fried in
0: that series, if I yeah, remember you correctly. We definitely won a game, we won a game. And I'm, it didn't look like horrible, but it's just like, we, we, this, you we know, the game. thing looked terrible, and then it just never found any momentum no, at all.
1: No, it just completely fell apart. And. Again, this is the, like you make that sort of move at the trade deadline when you're a team that's fallen apart and you sell, but to do it for nothing is just insane to me. And again, I just yeah. wish, I hope there's someone in the front office that's leaking to somebody because I, yeah. I just need to know what's going on in there. The expose would be killer. Mm, yep. Um,
0: number three, uh, I gave you the Anthony Rendon contract. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can expand this out to just the way they've spent money mm-hmm. um, for a long time. But Anthony Rendon is kind of like the current king of this, mm-hmm. you know, where Anthony Rendon, you know, I saw him playing in L.A. for so many years. He was just firmly the most underrated player in baseball. Like he was just, you know, waltzing the six win seasons every single year and looked like he had the most like easy, like path to being good through his thirties. Cause he's just like an extremely talented with, like, a really good approach and, Mm -hmm. you know, checks all the boxes and then immediately either gets hurt and then sucks. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's just, like, just the current disaster that that exists in and the fact that they've had this multiple times up to this point.
1: Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, too, is that, like, it didn't used to be like that. Like, the the last... Well, let me... The first two, like, huge contracts that the Angels signed, the first one was Vlad Guerrero in 04. That worked out pretty well for them, I would say. The second one was Torrey Hunter in 09. Or 08? I think it was 08. Uh, Oh, yeah, the 08 offseason heading into 2009. He was really good for us, too. So it's not like the Angels have always been terrible with signing free agents. The problem is, is that I had to go back to 2009 to find the last good one. Everything after that has just been like, what? Just, just generally, what? what? Pujols, 10 ten two forty. Josh Hamilton five one twenty five. Anthony Rendon seven two forty five. I'm gonna put Tyler Anderson in there right now three forty or whatever it was. Like, my lord! Like, I you can't. It's been ten years of just horrible, horrible free agent contracts being given out, and the pool one at least he played you know anthony rendon just doesn't play and the one year he did play was the COVID year of 2020 that was the only time we've had a healthy anthony rendon he like
0: i don't forget a lot and that was
1: kind of it yeah like i forgot what in 2021 i forgot the injury that he got so like that took him out for
0: like the entire year i had a foot thing for a while it was a foot had thing a shoulder or... thing you know or, like he's had I a lot th- of th- things last, i think
1: last year was a hip thing like uh-huh. and this year he has a, a you know a bone bruise or whatever that like apparently is still bleeding i don't oh, he doesn't th- he doesn't the, the problem the problem with anthony rondon as an angel isn't so much the fact that he's getting hurt. just so that we have no idea what's going on with him because he doesn't talk to anybody about it. It's an it. enigma, yeah. He just doesn't say anything. Like, he has this, like, weird sort of, like, relationship with, like, the media for some reason. Like, if, if you're winning and Anthony Rendon acts the way he is, you're like, oh, okay, he's a little bit of a, you know...
0: He doesn't just, love talking. He doesn't love
1: talking, but, like, you know, he plays baseball, and whatever. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Like, we're winning. It's okay. But when you're losing... And you get signed to like way worse, and you're and you're making thirty eight million dollars a year. And when you get hurt, and everyone wants to know how you're doing, and you don't say anything, yeah, what are we meant to think? Brutal. Like it's it's insane because like you know everybody always just say like oh Anthony Rendon's is, like the most nonchalant five war player of all time. Like he goes like he goes up there. Like I remember in twenty twenty was it twenty no twenty nineteen when they won the World Series. Yeah, Mm -hmm. how like so calm and in the zone he seemed to be
0: yeah during like the it, was, most that high it pressure was that every time it was that every
1: day he was just like the always and now it's like was he actually like calm or did he just truly not care
0: yeah like it's getting the to fact, point where like, it's like it's like he not even like care. an accusation necessarily but it's like even if he had to think about that yeah it's like it, you... it's gonna sound bad yeah and it's like you don't know what to think about him anymore
1: as an angels fan anyways. Like, cause it's like, yeah, you don't, you're not giving us anything here. It's like, you know, it sucks when players get hurt and we're used to seeing that, but what we're not used to seeing or players who get hurt and they're just like refuse to talk about it. Like Mike Trout hurts, whatever it is. And he's just like, it sucks. And I hate it, but I'll be back as soon as I can. And you know, how are you feeling? Oh, you know, I'm like swinging, I'm doing dry swings or I'm hitting off a tee or whatever. Anthony Rendon could be hitting the the cages right now and nobody would have any idea. Nobody knows what's going on.
0: boring, but we at least know. Yeah. You know, he talks. Rendon doesn't say anything.
1: The most exciting thing that's happened with Anthony Rendon as an angel is when he almost punched that fan in Oakland. That was sick, though. That says everything, like nothing about him playing. Well, no, it's that or the left handed home run that he hit in, you know, last year. But it's like he's just like an enigma and it's like truly just like. The latest in a series of bad free agent signings, but just so obviously the worst of all of them, even worse yeah. than
0: the Hamilton one, I would say. Yeah, and that's saying a lot because Ham- the Hamilton one came to like personal stuff, yeah. and you know whatever else. Like this is just bad player, bad luck, you know, uh, and, that's and that's a bad really bad run, luck, and but, with twice but, as much money. But and Loki just like a bad like attitude, yeah. Like, it's the bad vibes of the pooh holes thing with, with but just skipping to the end. Yeah, you know where it's all bad. It's just all bad the entire time, and it's just like I. There's
1: just no. It just feel like there's no hope for the guy. Like it, it, even if he was healthy, it just it doesn't feel like you know it doesn't feel like he's just gonna care really. Like he's you know. I mean,
0: I think they're in the position, especially. I mean, I guess regardless of whether they move on from Trout or whatever they do here, like. He's going to have to play as an angel for at least a year or two, right? Because it's going to have to be like, can this dude play at all? You know? yeah. Um, they have no other choice. Like, what are you mm-hmm. going to do? Like, why dump him? You know? Like, just yeah. try to get something eventually. They probably won't, but like, I don't, weirder things have happened. But like, he, now they're stuck where they you can't do anything with them until you Just So you just got to play him.
1: He's definitely just, he's definitely, I, in my mind, I, I'm certain he's going to get the pool treatment where he's just not going to Finish the contract out as an angel. They're just gonna cut it him the last him year. Yeah,
0: they'll
1: just got he'll he'll play six of the, he'll be in a uniform for six to seven years, and we will just cut him in the seventh. because yeah. it's just like whatever. It's the last season. Nobody's gonna give us anything for him anyway. Whatever. It's done. for. So gotta, like three years
0: after this. Um, twenty 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 one twenty twenty two. Yeah, no. Three, this four, is yeah, his fourth year. This is fourth. Is this year? This fourth year, and I like don't uh-huh. know if he's played one hundred and sixty games. Like um, I, like, I think he has, but like it's got to be close.
1: I'm almost certain he actually hasn't. Um, there's, there's just no way. <laughs> I just refuse <laughs> to believe that he's played 160 games for the Angels already. Got this. Let me go look. You know what? Yeah, man, let, me look, let me see. Got this right
0: here. Fifty-two. Oh my goodness, dude!
1: <laughs> he's played 200 games.
0: But like, that's such that, a sad no way. number.
1: 52 no
0: 58 47 43 like he's averaging a covid season every year uh huh like We're that's 30 million
1: dollars a year for yeah. a covid season every single year
0: and like the 200 felt high you know like jesus um number 2 earning the silver prize of just general failure and sadness is mm-hmm. um all the failed young guys that have come up and have tried to contribute and have just either Exploded in high A or in the majors or in triple A. You know, I think this is kind of a broad player development, drafting, farm system issue. Um, I I put down Joe Adele being kind of like the, he's kind of like the um, mascot of this or like the team captain Mm -hmm. of just like the guys that never worked out, you know, for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. right? Guys that are skilled to the nines but just cannot do anything with an angels jersey on um so yeah take it from there it's
1: again it's one of those things where it's like it didn't used to be that way because the angels teams of the 2000s you know obviously Vlad Guerrero was like you know the guy but that entire team was for the most part drafted and brought through the system you know Sean Figgins and Eric Ibar and Howie Kendrick and Garrett Anderson and Tim Salmon and Jared Weaver like these are all guys that were drafted and developed by the team. Mike Trout, like you know, the 2009 draft I remember was like Mike Trout, Skags, and Grichik, and it was like the like just this amazing class of players that got drafted. And then it just they just forgot how to draft players after that. Like there was a time after the 2009 draft, right? We have Caleb Coeurt and Cam Bedrosian. And Taylor Lindsey and Ryan Bolden. A dude named Chevy Clark. Don't know what he who he is. Twenty eleven we drafted CJ Crone. We didn't have a first round pick in twenty twelve that we probably could have used, but that was because we signed our Pools. Didn't have a pick in twenty thirteen because we signed Josh Hamilton. Uh in the twenty thirteen draft there was this guy named Aaron Judge, by the way. I don't know if you've heard of him. Um Sean Newcomb in twenty fourteen. Oh, I know baby. he was a Brace fan, are very familiar with that.
0: One of the few Taylor wins for Ward, y'all was
1: getting rid of him. Exactly, for, for Simmons. and that and We we saw how that went yeah. for us. It didn't do anything. Right. Uh, Taylor Ward, until recently, would have been also on this list right next to Joe Adele's name. If not for last year and into this year, obviously his season got cut short because he got hit in the face with a fastball. Matt Thice, who's just been the iffiest question mark type guy that we have still on the team, like There was a stretch this year where he was just like mashing the ball, and then he just kind of forgotten how to hit for some reason. Then you have Joe Adele in 2017, just all the tools in the world and just never able to put it together. Jordan Adams in 2018, he's just Joe Adele again. All the tools, just can't put it together. Um, Those are both Billy Epler uh, draftees, by the way. So that, you know, like I said, speaks to the volume of how Good Billy or was at drafting players. Yeah, Will Wilson in 2019, who we traded, I think, for just like a salary dump. Yeah, you dumped I'm pretty um, sure. Zach Cozart, right? Wasn't that it? I believe we did, yes. Um, Zach Cozart, I forgot about Zach Cozart. That's that was a three year, 42 million dollar contract. <laughs> I thought that was think, a great that. contract. <laughs>
0: I, <laughs> we all thought it was like, okay, that's a pretty
1: good. That was a pretty good deal, and then he's just like stop hitting. Again, he just he's one of those guys where
0: it's just like that makes so much sense. He's just really solid at everything, right? And then he's just immediately uh-huh. terrible. <laughs> Remember Ian exactly. Kinsler? He's like, what like oh, God. Ian Kinsler Ian is like, Kinsler, like oh dude, this dude oh. just is just really good, and then Justin Upton even yeah. like
1: Justin Upton was like it's just like okay so he's just like a solid outfielder, and then he just like st- just forgot how to hit yeah.
0: something. And about then after all this Will stuff, Wilson, yeah.
1: after Will Wilson, we have you know. 2020 Reed Detmers, and now we're starting to get the Perimenation drafts of Reed Detmers in 2020, Sam Bachman in 2021, uh, Zach Neto last year, yeah. and then Nolan Shanwell this year. All four of those guys have been on the roster or are on the roster. Bachman I think is hurt. Yeah. Zach Neto I think is actually hurt right now too with like a back issue. Yeah. Detmers is like very frustrating in that there's like stretches where he just looks amazing, just and then show. other times where he just. Yeah, like absolutely just shelved. And it's just like, what is wrong here? Um, and then I guess we'll see how Nolan Shanuel does. Like, he was drafted three months ago or whatever <laughs> it was. So, you know, like he said he wanted to be playing with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani and all these dudes. And here he is playing with all those dudes.
0: Sort of for some reason, kind of. Um, he had like one game in with them, so we'll didn't see. he? Or was he even not up he, at that point? <laughs> a one game no, he, played. I think he
1: played the. Yeah, he played the one game Trout played, which I think was the night that Otani tore his UCL.
0: Yeah, Um, and then they're like, "Okay, Trout, you can go away now." Trout, yeah, like Trout,
1: yeah, just go back to the IL. Um, Yeah, it's I just again, it's just one of those things where it's like you would think that an organization would be able to figure this out,
0: Hmm. but
1: then I remember organizations like the Rockies exist. Yeah. And it's like okay, maybe it's not as simple as I thought it would be. Sometimes and people just
0: don't figure it out,
1: actually, and it's it's difficult too because it's like you it can't it can't just be a thing like oh well you know like it's hard to like build through the draft because like when you win a lot you get the lower picks which are the players that aren't as good but then you see the Dodgers and the Astros and the Braves and the Mets like yeah. well the Mets maybe not so much but like the Dodgers <laughs> and the the Dodgers and the Rays and like they're just always like a top 5 farm system while also winning 105 games with like Mookie yeah. bets and just like obviously there's a way of figuring it out like yeah. what is it that the Dodgers do that everybody else kind of
0: just can't figure out, you know? And like they the what I feel like the recent draft strategy has been like okay, we got to pick like the guys that are like we're most safe are going to perform like immediately so that we can jump them up and get yeah. Mike and Shohei. Yeah. And like, that's, I think it's viable, but there's two problems is that one, if they kind of underperform, it looks really bad. Right. If it's yeah. like, if it's like what Reed Detmers is doing now, where it's like, is this actually more valuable than just signing like a random free agent for like $2 million? Like, yeah. it, you know, like he's probably better than that, but it's like right now it's like now, you know, Yeah. and you burned a what tenth overall pick, give or take for him. It was a tenth uh, for him, yeah. Yeah, Zach Neto looks good, but it's like, is Zach Neto ever going to be a great hitter? Yeah, yeah He's probably just he a is. solid shortstop. Yeah. Manuel probably has a good chance of being a good hitter, but it's like, is he just like solid? You know, he clearly has like a gifted approach, which I think is going to be, yeah. you know, maybe like his like he upside has- is like Joey Botto. Right. But like, Let's is see. he actually going to be that good? I don't know.
1: Love, again it's just so early with like all of those guys. Yeah. Again, like Zach Neto, like in my head, for some reason, Zach Neto's been in the majors for three years already. He yeah. got drafted last year. Yeah. Like it's there's so, so much there is so much time for them to still develop. Yeah. Nolan Shanoel, I have no thought about Nolan Shanoel because he got drafted again it's two impossible. months ago. Yeah. Like two months ago. Like he has the one thing I've learned about him is that he has a fantastic eye yeah that's great because if you have that you can work from there yeah but i just uh, there it's it's definitely it's an organizational strategy to pick a guy who will contribute as soon as humanly possible um which i understand
0: do you think it was a response to how badly the joe adele experiment was and how like um, like Jordan Adams is another one of these like first round guys that is just tool to the nines. And I mean, he made the majors this year, but firmly does not look like a real hitter. You know what I mean? Um, like these like extreme upside guys and none of them have basically worked out. Like, do you think it's just, they're trying to go in the opposite direction and you know, just cause they can't develop these guys with the loud tools. Yes, it
1: has to be like, It's such a, it was such a wild swing to go from toolsy, you know, they're fast and they've, and they're strong to this guy can pitch or hit for us in three months time because those, you know, those like pre Otani like drafts, like 16 to 18 or 15 to 18, since those drafts were just like, so just not fruitful Talent-wise, we there was really no option but to just go all in on the types of guys that you, not that you know, but that you kind of expect to be ready sooner rather than later. And uh, I will say, like, so far, I feel like it's working out as good as it possibly can, all things considered. Yeah. Like, a league average, drafting a dude a year ago and him coming in and just being, like, a league average shortstop you can't ask for really much more than that, considering... Right. he I mean, he played, people wait
0: five years for that. Yeah,
1: like, he played all of, like, 40 games in the minors, and now he's, you know, playing shortstop for this team that is trying to make the playoffs with these two guys that are, like, the best players of the generation or whatever. Like, it's a lot to put on a kid's shoulders. And, like, you know, all things considered, I think he's doing pretty well. Same thing with Reed Demers, like, yeah, he's been inconsistent, but it's like, there's just there just is something there that we're oh, there yeah it's like you just know that like with proper coaching he'll figure out a way to unlock it and just turn into like you know that guy like a very solid question, two maybe one
0: death yeah. deal yeah but it's just you know will that coaching ever uh-huh. exist in and i'm nope and you know not right now nope and you know, I, I I think we all know where this is leading, but I would like you to announce number one yourself. Uh the number one uh thing that makes you the most upset as an Angels fan. Um you I feel like you said its name throughout mm-hmm. like every, each one each one of these really. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just culminating to the end here. Uh what do you got? The
1: the worst the worst thing that Angels fans have had to endure is Artie Moreno saying he's going to sell the team, only to change his mind over the winter because he quote had unfinished business. And I'm assuming, <laughs> I forgot I'm assuming the unfinished
0: business. <laughs> I'm
1: assuming that the unfinished business was to just finish tearing apart whatever hope we had left in our hearts as Angels fans. Just had to stomp on you one more he time. Just had to crush it and make sure there was nothing left at all anymore. I was truly wild. I mentioned this at the beginning. I don't know how long ago it is now. It's, it feels like it's been three hours. This godforsaken team. Um, <laughs> I mentioned at the beginning that Angels fans have never been more united in a person than us hating Artie Moreno. Yeah. I try not to place all the blame in one place because that would be entirely too convenient. But in this case, Artie Moreno is... Just the reason why this team is just completely rotten from within. I was looking up kind of, you know, I was trying to find like stories about Artie Marino to like help me back this up. And I'm, before I get into those, I'm just going to start kind of like the broad overview, right? He bought the team in 2003 from Disney for like $180 million. He bought it in like May. And the first thing he, the first season as a general, as a, as the owner of the team, He goes out and he just spends a bunch of money on free agents. He brought in Guerrero. He brought in Kelvam Escobar. Uh, I believe that's when he brought in Bartolo Colon as well. He spent a bunch of money. He actually went into the luxury tax the first year as an owner. And, like, it immediately paid off dividends, right? Guerrero won the MVP in 04. We made the playoffs again. Um, You know, the team was kind of like, it's like, okay, like, we got a little bit of a team here. 05, we made it to the ALCS. 07 made the playoffs again. 08 made the playoffs again. 09 made the ALCS again. There was a solid core there that was kind of doing its thing in the 2000s. But the thing is, is that most of that team was put together with guys that were already like, with like a front office that was already there before Moreno became the owner. Bill Stoneman was the general manager of the Angels. I want to say from 99 to 07. He was the one who built that team. Him and everyone that was working for him, all the scouts, all, all the, the coaches, all the, the support staff, that was Bill Stoneman and those guys putting in that work. He left. He retired. They brought in Tony Reagans. He, under him, he was the guy who put together the scouts that drafted Mike Trout in 2009. Eddie Bain specifically was the scout. Eddie Bain was fired by Artie Moreno in like 2015. This guy brought you the greatest player in franchise history and you fire him. Why? And, again, the spending. He went over Tony Reagan's head to sign Pujols. He told Tony Reagan he would fire him if he didn't trade for Vernon Wells two weeks after losing out on Adrian Beltre because he went to the Rangers.
0: God, Vernon Vernon Wells feels like like the archetype of all that came to follow you know Uh uh-huh uh that and it's just oh my god here i'll tell you i'll give you another name right
1: do you remember in 2012 the angels had this great prospect his name was gene sagura uh-huh he was gonna be like part of the infield with ibar and kendrick we were gonna be set for like a decade or whatever we traded him for zach grinky and then we didn't sign Zach Greinke because Artie yeah. Moreno didn't want to spend that money on a pitcher. We went out he and was signed like Josh Hamilton instead. Yon, right?
0: Like Greinke was like amazing with y'all, right?
1: He was, if I remember correctly, he was like he was like good. Obviously, like he yeah. went to the Dodgers and became just like you know, him and and, and, yeah. and Kershaw were like the two greatest pitchers in baseball for like three years or whatever it was. But he came to the Angels and he went six and two in about. 89 innings he struck out 78 guys that's really good that was really really good we didn't sign him we didn't keep him we traded our best prospect to watch him just go to the dodgers instead and then the next year he went 15 and 4 with an era of 2.6 it's like okay dude uh and like the the trade the trade trading the gene segura for grinky like at the time like we needed we needed the pitching that you're okay with it's trading for him and then your owner deciding that instead of spending that money on a pitcher he wanted to spend it on an outfielder instead that yeah. we really didn't need we didn't need another outfielder we didn't need another hitter we needed pitching
0: you've needed we, pitching this entire time really we even pitching with like the entire
1: time we needed pitching every single year since 2009
0: Even with Otani and like three or four like young pitchers, it just feels like it's still not enough. You know, it's just like there's no, there's never been a configuration of Angels starting rotation that's felt viable.
1: Nope. The last time we did was for 2014. And even then it was like, this felt more like luck than anything. That was a year Garrett Richards was like incredible. Jared Weaver was still on the team and still pitching well before he just, before his like arm gave out on him. Uh, Matt Shoemaker like came out of literally nowhere and and had like an ERA of like two eight or something. It was the best year he like had in his entire career. Um, the more I look back on it, the more I like twenty fourteen, which is like truly the aberration because like it made no sense how like quickly that team came together and then just fell apart entirely. And that's all been under Artie Moreno's watch, and it feels like he still hasn't learned his lesson, cause even this past year, after he decided not to sell the team, he went to Perimanasian and asked him what we needed. And then he suggested we see if we could possibly get Trey Turner. And obviously now he's turned it around, but like if we signed Trey Turner for the amount of money that he got yeah. and he performed the way he did to start the year, oh my God. Oh my goodness. Oh we would have all just collectively lost it. 47 times by june like it would have been insane and i said like i said i I don't want to just like blame a single person for this but it is just so obvious that everything that has gone wrong with this franchise has already moreno's fingerprints all over it and it's like he tries it's like he thinks he knows baseball he doesn't know baseball he's he says he's a fan You know, he says that he's doing it to win the ring. That's great. You don't know anything about baseball. You're a good businessman. I'll give you that. You know the money part of it. The Angels have, the Angels make money like every single year. Like they don't operate at a loss. And I think the only time they've lost is obviously like during the COVID seasons where like everybody's finances are all messed up. But like for the most part, the Angels have been a profitable organization for Artie Moreno. Great businessman terrible baseball head. Terrible baseball mind. He knows nothing about the game of baseball. And he can throw $200 million contracts around all he wants. You don't know anything about baseball. There was an article that I that I found from 2013. This is 10 years ago and people were already talking about this. Um, he, when he became owner in 2004, as of 2013 he'd already fired 40 members of the front office the Baseball Ops Department, the Scouting Department, and the Medical Staff. That was a ah. decade ago. The Ange- this is, Who is, this is quoting from the article. The Angels maintain a skeletal front office staff in many areas, and one of the leanest game day staffs in all of baseball. If someone is let go, there often is no replacement hired. Moreno is said to gouge hours from his low-paid employees. This was 10 years ago. Yeah.
0: I told a story about I think you mentioned the COVID stuff. Like, I mean, it's just there's always been just like whenever he can be cheap, he has. You know, it's never been mm-hmm. like it've never there's never been any doubt. Like obviously you spent money on players, but like that's pretty much it. it everything everything else is skimming from the top. That's
1: the other thing too. It's like it's not even that he's been cheap because he's been so willing to throw around all this money. The Angels went into twenty twenty three with a record payroll for for the franchise. It was like two hundred and 10 million like he's not afraid to spend money it's just that for some reason he thinks that spending money on the major league team is enough when it's not enough everywhere else you look in baseball you understand that like you need to build from within to be successful you're a Braves yeah. fan you know this more than anybody oh, you yeah. need to draft and develop So that way, when you go and sign a Matt Olsen or you trade and sign a Matt Olsen or Sean Murphy, it's not because you need the talent so bad to stay afloat. It's because this is just the last piece that's missing.
0: Yeah, you're adding to something that exists already. you You can't just like make that. exactly.
1: You're adding to the core that already exists. It's what he did in 2004. He had the core that already existed. He just needed that extra piece to make them a viable contender. And that was what Vlad Guerrero yeah. was in 2004. He was that missing piece that, need, that they needed to be a viable contender. For some reason, that working out made him think that he was some sort of, like, baseball savant Itty. or something. Like, yeah, I remember there was, he, he, he'd gone, like, three years without talking to the media. Like, he just did not want to be interviewed or whatever. And so, at spring training this year, he finally got interviewed. And when they asked him about, kind of, like, the free agent decisions he mentioned vlad and he mentioned tory hunter it's like if you again i said this if you have to go back 14 years to <laughs> the last 100. time you made a free agent signing that was worth it you've done everything wrong that's incorrect it's evident in it's evident in you know the the signings that we've done it's evident in the the signings that we've made it's evident in the farm system like if you don't invest in the proper coaching and the analytics and the training and the development of your players in the farm system, you're not going to get anywhere. And it's not even so much that the angels have drafted bad prospects. Part of it might be that there's, you know, they had some iffy sort of toolsy holes in their game or whatever, but you can't miss as consistently as the angels have missed without it being something beyond, Oh, this player just wasn't it. Like, There's one of the huge things that the Angels have dealt with in the for like the last 10 years, basically after Mike Trout became Mike Trout, is that there's just been like report after report about how little the Angels spend on player development. They don't house the players. They don't feed the players. They pay them almost nothing. Uh, I think I forget the name of the player who came out. And basically talked about how terrible it was to be a minor leaguer in the Angels' farm system. I think it was in 2021 or something like that. You, it's like it's it's mind-boggling to watch him spend 245 million dollars on Anthony Rendon, but then not care enough to spend like a million dollars on like housing minor leaguers during the season. Like it just does not make any sense. And the problem with that too is like usually when a team doesn't draft well and like it just kind of doesn't come together the general manager is at fault there usually we've gone through five general managers and the owner of the team one of them was already there before he got there so we'll Bill Stoneman will take out of this so it's been four Tony Reagan's left because you threatened to fire him if he didn't make a trade that was a horrible trade then and Turned out to be an even worse trade than we thought it could possibly be. Jerry DePoto quit because you chose the manager over him. Billy Epler got fired uh because he just underperformed or whatever. And now Perimanasian's like kind of about to go through the same thing where he's probably gonna get fired? Maybe. Yeah. And, like, he's low-key been, like, the best of the four. Mm-hmm. Like, Jerry Depoto, like, the you've seen how he's built the Mariners. Like, it's very obvious that Jerry Depoto was not the problem when yeah. he left. Like,
0: it's like not epic. to say he's amazing, no, but, like, the Mariners, he knows The what Mariners he's doing. are going to make
1: the playoffs. Like, the Mariners are in first place, yeah. I think,
0: right? Like, ties. He's for... he brought the Mariners to relevance. Yeah. That requires some, you know, work. We all thought the
1: Mariners were cursed, and he managed to build a team that's going to make the playoffs uh yeah. again
0: the second straight year yeah
1: and you know the angels are out here in fourth place just in mediocrity for the 10th year in a row or whatever you know like it, it, you can't sit here and like think that oh it was jerry depoto's fault and oh no it was billy epler's fault and now it's perry manasian's fault like no it's like there's only been one constant and it's been Artie moreno the entire time training staff mike trout getting hurt all over the time shohei otani getting hurt again and again Anthony Rendon getting hurt all of the time. Everybody on the Angels is getting hurt all of the time. The training staff, like, they're just—I uh, don't know what, who, where Arnie Marino got him from. I don't know what their credentials are. What, like, it's just—it's—it's it's, again just like this weird cheapness he has when it comes to like all of the really important parts of running a franchise. And it's like it's one of those things where again, like, you're a great businessman. You know what gets butts into the seats. But yeah. you can't sit there and tell us that you care about the rings and you care about the winning and you care about all this and there's unfinished business. When all you do is spend a lot of money on one player and you're like, alright, job done. Uh, we're all good. We're gonna win 127 games this year and we're gonna sweep our way to the World Series and it's gonna be awesome and you guys are gonna love me. Like, no! you You can't. That's not how baseball works. You can't just do that like that. Like, you shouldn't have to go out and spend $200 million on a guy, not because he's like the the last piece that's missing, but just because you need someone to get people interested enough to show up to the baseball park and the, to, the, to the to the stadium in the first place to watch the game. Yeah. And I so desperately hope as much as it's going to hurt me as an Angels fan and as much as I'm going to hate having to read everybody's tweets about it and all the discourse is going to happen when it does happen. I hope Shohei Otani leaves. I hope Mike Trout asks for a trade. I hope everybody Mm -hmm. just starts finally saying something because that man should have sold that team last year. He had like six bidders. He was going to get more money for the angels than Steve Cohen bought the Mets for like, he said he had like a few bids that were like three billion dollars for a team that hasn't made the playoffs since 2014. By the way, um, <laughs> like you sell that team and you take your money and you leave and you go back to Arizona and you live the rest of your life with whatever money you got because yeah. his kids don't want the team. They they don't want to run the team. They want no part of it. So there's no reason to keep it in the family, if you will. Like there's no passing this on to your kids like they don't want it they're gonna sell it you know if you don't so like what are we doing here why are you still here you've you've done nothing for this franchise that any other owner could have done for the team you the team was built before you you got lucky and every decision you've made since then just hasn't worked out for you never mind the tyler stuff. Never mind yeah. the 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 corruption charges with the city of Anaheim and the mayor and all that <laughs> yeah. stuff and the FBI investigations. All of that withstanding, you've ruined an entire generation of Angels baseball for no reason. You've robbed us and the baseball world as a whole of seeing Mike Trout in the playoffs, of seeing Shohei Otani in the playoffs when they were still like in their prime like in their prime like Mm. just imagine just imagine like 2017 Mike Trout in the playoffs like at the peak of Mike Trout imagine him in the playoffs imagine the 2019 Angels making the playoffs with Shohei Otani and Mike Trout on the same team imagine the imagine last year's Angels the ones that went 27 and 17 imagine that team making the playoffs yeah that would have been sick
0: it's crazy yeah
1: It'd be so sick to watch Shohei I mean, Otani just... start ALDS Game One and then like pitch seven innings of shutout ball
0: and hit two home runs in the same game because he'll do that. Dude, it was so cruel. Remember how this year started? This baseball season started two weeks before the season was that we had maybe the coolest at bat we had ever seen. Uh huh. Because it was them facing each other exactly. And we're like, wait a second! This is the first time we've seen either of them have a meaningful at bat. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like it's the first ever, time we, it's and the first it was time we've seen o-
1: It was the first time we've seen Shohei Otani have like a meaningful outing on the mound. Trout yeah. obviously had the 2014 playoffs, but it's right. like, but, like it's the first time in a so decade quick, we've seen him. You know, it was the first time in a decade we've seen him in any sort of like playoff setting. Yeah, it's like it was the coolest thing to it see just, them face just... each other, and it just went downhill from there.
0: Yeah, like, and you know I think for tani we will see it at some point. I think wherever he ends up, we'll have a better like. It just it feels impossible that he ends up on, like a bad team. I'm guaranteeing
1: um, you this right right now. Mark my words, wherever he goes, it's gonna be a playoff contender. Obviously, wherever yeah. he goes, the first game he pitches in the playoffs, he's gonna pitch six innings. He's gonna strike out eleven guys. He's going to, it's going to be a shot. He's going to give up no runs. and He's going to, he's going to hit a home run in that game. Yeah.
0: It's, he's just going to like bring the and house down to, to a level. That's the, going to be like manic. It's going to
1: be the coolest thing you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. And he's going to do it in the, in the championship series. And he's going to do it in the world series. And yeah. we're all going to be like, Oh my God, this is the greatest thing of all time. And all the, the only thing angels fans are going to be able to do is just sit there and just cry because we were robbed of all of that because our doesn't know
0: how baseball works. I think you're seeing like a future that could be like this in, in the NFL with Dan Snyder, finally being out of the picture for Washington, you know, where it's like that team is kind of in a similar boat where they've had so many reasons to be optimistic and like a good history and whatever. Mm -hmm. And like, just, you know, just, have been in the pits for so long and just cannot do anything and it all comes goes to the top, right? And when it, when it's at the top, you can't power through that, you know?
1: And the thing about that, too, is that it's just, in my head, it's just so much more cruel because Barney Moreno said he was going to sell the team and he got yeah, and then he said, never mind. I'm yeah. good. I'm staying. Dan Snyder, he left Actually the did second <laughs> he had the chance. Like and you got, you got a six billion dollar offer, you you're know. Gonna, you're gonna give me how much money? Bet I'm out of here. Art Marino was gonna get three billion dollars for a team that is at best second fiddle in Southern California in baseball and hasn't done anything of of note in a decade. He was gonna get yeah. more money than the Mets were sold Definitely. for, and he still said no. I don't understand. Like, you know, he did an interview where he kind of explained why. Like, he just he just couldn't it didn't have the heart in them to like sell the team my, yeah. my brother in christ it is three billion dollars
0: <laughs> there is i could do there, anything for three there billies
1: is, there is nothing i would not sell to you for three billion dollars yeah absolutely let alone that franchise and it's it's just oh my god and it's also just the fact that like joe LaCob the the owner of the Warriors, who was a lifelong Angels fan, was like Mm. rumored to be one of the guys who was bidding on the team. That would have been so cool to have an Angels fan by the team. Because at least then we know like, all right, like basketball and baseball are obviously different sports, but like we know he kind of knows how to do this running a team thing. Yeah. And he's the Angels fan too. Like, okay, like so he understands like kind of our plight, you know? Like that would have been the sickest thing of all time. But no, Arn Marino had unfinished business. He had, he he just he he wanted to you know, he wanted to make a run at it. He 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 just didn't have the heart and him, he just couldn't let it go. It's like oh my god, dude. Oh just I, if he I know he doesn't listen to this, but on the off chance that he does, I hope he's listening to what I say. Please leave and never come back. No one is going to miss you when you sell this team. Whenever it is. If it's this year or next year or next decade, whenever it is. Nobody's going to miss you. There's not a single fan in any organization in baseball that's going to miss Artie Moreno when he decides that he has had enough of the baseball thing. So please do us all a favor. Put the team up for sale again. Take your $2 billion, go back to Arizona, leave us all alone. We do not want you here. We do not care about you here. Please leave. Please
0: leave. That's all. I think you you said it all, you know? Yeah. (laughs) What's left to say? But, you know, the other side of the Snyder thing is that I think... With them, it's like, okay, this is the glimmer of hope. And I think as soon as that happens, however it happens, that'll be the moment. But it's just the waiting game of, you know, when is that tide going to turn now? You th- I mean, like I said, I've, it was it felt inevitable. It felt so close, and then he kind of ripped it, you know, ripped the rug under y'all. It. He snatched um, it from us. But I think, I think you speak for a lot of Angels fans where you're just ready to rip the Band-Aid, hit the reset button, and just mm-hmm. like... You know, if we can't win with this, let's let's shoot for the future. Let's figure something out here. Let's try to correct all these things that we've been ignoring for so long. Whether they yep. actually do it is a different question, but I think, you know, I think the parallels to other team situations, you know, make a lot of sense, right? And the only way to step forward at this point for the Angels is to step back because the their attempts to step forward or maintain what they've been have just been abject failures and you know the failure starts from ceo slash owner to general manager to manager to the players <laughs> you know it just goes yep. down and down and down and down
1: <laughs> that's the other problem too is that Artie moreno is just like believe in the concept of rebuilding when you own a franchise in la which is fair but it hasn't worked and you're spending all this money for nothing and it's like right. at this point just like just let it just let the rebuild just do its thing like yeah you just got to put your trust in the people that you've hired to do their jobs. And I honestly believe that we, the angels will not rebuild with Arden Moreno as the owner of the team. Yeah. Just because he refuses to do so. Um, he'd much rather throw more money at the problem. Well, throw more money at the player at like a 30 year old free agent and hope that that's what's missing. than do anything to, actually get at the root of the problem here so yeah angels fans could be like yeah you know blow it up and trade everybody and do whatever but Ar- arnie moreno is not gonna let that happen so but one way or the other this ends with arnie moreno having to sell the team before the angels do anything to get back in the right direction mm-hmm. which is just a sad state of it all like yeah. there's nothing that's going to happen with him as the owner that's going to lead to the angels being the way that they were in the 2000s. Yeah. And that's just kind of the way it is. Again, it's like the only time I've ever been successful as a franchise was a, like nine year run 2000s, which like fair enough, but there's a way of, there's a, there's a, there's a blueprint you can follow. Yeah. Now. It's out there. Like it's yeah. very, it's very obvious. Like you can just copy like, again, this is something like a very, like go to the Tampa Bay Rays, like front office and just, Offer everybody three times the amount of money they're making. Just go higher. I mean, every other team is doing that, and it kind of works, you know? Yeah, it's like, you you know, it's like, you got to start somewhere. It's like, but again, like I said, the team won't rebuild unless Artie Moreno sells the team. Nothing's going to get better unless he sells it. Like, there's no no end of this misery until Artie Moreno sells the team. And at that point, you're just going to have to hope that whoever he sells it to is better as an owner than he is and not just like Dan Snyder or uh, Bob Nutting or, you know, some sort of nightmare like, you know, owner who meddles in things as much as he did. But yeah. at this rate, I'd rather take my chances with the next person than have to deal with the one we have right now.
0: Well, you say, I think I think that pretty much does it. Um, mm-hmm. I hope this was cathartic, you know, at the very least. Oh, I
1: think I, I feel so... <laughs>
0: Okay, right now, (laughs) I was gonna say, I think it helps a little bit, you know. Um, there's obviously no way to make it feel good, especially when you're actually Mm. physically sick, but uh, yeah, you know, but I think talking this all out and just dumping it's you know, it makes you feel like you're not crazy, (laughs) you know. It's like, Uh yes, there actually is just institutional things happening in this world that just make my life miserable, and Mm -hmm. you know what, that's the way it is, and I can still watch baseball and you know. Um, I can still I can still admire Acuna hitting 120 mile. An hour
1: yeah, rubs. exactly.
0: And I'm sure, you know, wherever Otani or Trout goes, you know, you're lifelong fans of those dudes and you just wish it worked out. But mm-hmm. at least you still got to see him in your jersey, you know, so yep. it's still, you know, there's still good to be mined from this stuff. You know, I think everyone that watches Otani just thinks like, wow, like, you no, know, they are going to think back to where they were when they were watching the peak Otani. You know, we might not ever see that again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we might see that we might have seen the best baseball ever being played in Angels jerseys. You know, uh, which, um,
1: make, which I mean, good and bad. It'll make it even right. that much more bittersweet
0: if exactly. You know, but at least they're sweet like, to go with the bitter. <laughs>
1: yeah, like you know, I, I'll as much as I despise Artie Moreno, I'm you know I'm always going to be thankful that when I look up Shohei Otani highlights, th- he's going to be in an Angels jersey right when for most of
0: them so you will have seen it you know Mm and in the angels crowd and with an angels jersey so Mm -hmm. um but yeah thank you so much for jumping on like i said i think this was a um i don't know if we're going to be talking about the angels hopefully for a while i think i think every time they came up this year we're just like oh god we got to talk about the angels again because it's just like you felt like we had to you know Uh, hopefully
1: Um, the next time we talk about the angels is when arty the
0: team that would be fantastic i'd be super down with that. Mm-hmm. Um, if that happens, we're, we're our auto guest. We'll shove everything yep. aside. So we'll mm-hmm. give you your 10 minutes of just like cheering. Mm-hmm. Oh. Crying even, yeah. <laughs> Crying, <laughs> blank laughing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like,
1: oh my God, he actually did it. Oh my God, oh my, oh my God, God, oh my God. God.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, thank you so much for your time. And uh, you know I'm sure a lot of people are sympathetic and enjoyed it as well. <laughs> on that note go angels Brain Delay Radio is produced by Lewis and Dylan hosted this week's episode we were joined by our guest Isai Brain Delay Radio is edited by Nime and our theme music was composed by Chuck Lease Brain Delay Radio releases every Monday morning at 1am Eastern and we will see you next week